What's going on, fight fans? This is Christian, also known as Paroxygen, leader of the Darce Knights. You're listening to the Fight Forever League podcast only on FFL Plus, where business stays booming. <laughs> And welcome back, Fight Forever League Fight fans. We are back home from New York. What an incredible, incredible event. We just saw UFC 268. And uh, might have spoken too soon because we're not all back. Uh, John, I understand you're still in uh, the Big Apple. That's right, Max. Uh, it took a few extra days to recover from 268. What an event we had. Uh, just took some time, you know, made a trip out of it. And, uh, yeah, I'll be coming back. Uh, we had some flight issues, but we're, we're, we're going to be on our way back, getting ready for, uh, for this week's event as well. So, of course, we've got some exciting uh, FFL fights coming up, double or nothing, of course. So, yeah, but just made a trip out of it. Got some bagels, got some bacon, egg, and cheeses. Got some, uh, so, of course, Chinese food, you name wow. it. Yeah, it was, it was a great time. Um, we saw some amazing fights. Kamaru Usman, you know, cements himself atop that pound-for-pound status once again. Great performance against Colby Covington. Uh, we see Thug Rose. I don't know what Vegas thought they were seeing, but uh, one in ten in the last 11 fights is the uh, previous champion in immediate rematches. Thug Rose successfully defends against Zhang Wei Li. And uh, we have to start, though, have to start this podcast by talking about the fight that kicked off the main card, Justin Gaethje, Michael Chandler. Holy fuck. Yeah, holy fuck. What else can you say? Um, And absolutely just one of the best opens to any card we've ever seen. Um, This fight had everything that you want. As uh, someone who is super passionate about stand-up and, uh, and the striking aspects of the UFC and just MMA in general, this had everything you wanted. Uh, from the opening bell, we, Max, we talked about it, and I'd love to get your take on this. I, I didn't get a chance to talk to you because we were both holding our breath during the fight. Um, but first thing that happened, I called it last week, Gaethje throws a leg kick, and... Uh, does that count as Chandler stepping back, or what are we what are we doing with the whole prop thing? Yeah, I mean, I think the the prop uh, I, technically Chandler immediately starts the fight with a step back, but it's not like a uh, it's not like a retreat, and I think he more than makes up for it in the third round when he's walking towards <laughs> Gaethje with his hands down, spitting blood, that, spitting that he blood. doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, that was absolute. It was an absolutely insane first round. And every once in a while, you get this really special moment in the UFC or in MMA in general where it's like, if you're talking to somebody that's not a fan of MMA and you show them this fight, how could they not be? 
It was absolutely unbelievable the way the fart fight started out. The way the fight started started out. And, uh, you know, you're a minute into the fight and you're hearing Daniel Cormier ringside screaming, oh, you can't do this with Michael Chandler. Because Justin Gaethje is just sitting in the pocket throwing bombs and eating bombs. It's absolutely unbelievable. Chandler has them basically bending over in pain. Gaethje is so hurt. You wouldn't believe uh, that that fight is going the distance. And it actually went the distance. And it was an incredible effort by both men. Both of their stocks rise after this fight, in my opinion. Gaethje is undoubtedly the number one contender in the lightweight division. And uh, I think Chandler proves that he's also elite. Uh, he's just not quite at the level uh, of Justin Gaethje right now. And it's it's a, a sight to behold, this stacked lightweight division, John. Yeah, I, I, you said you said everything there, Max. Um, what an unbelievable what an unbelievable division we have right now. We have a division that um, you could argue anybody in the top five would be worthy of a title shot um, outside of losing the previous fight. But Justin Gaethje was in a world of hurt in that first round. Um, he was he was damaged badly, and you could tell Michael Chandler. If you've watched Michael Chandler fights, that first round, Max, uh, he is absolutely um, all in in round one. And, and especially in this fight, I got a sense that he was playing. His pace was a little bit over his head a little bit. Uh, Gaethje did a great job of, of understanding that from a fight IQ standpoint. I think we saw in round two um, the difference there. I think Chandler slowed down. I think the leg kicks got to him a little bit. Um, God, but what a fight. That first round was incredible, back and forth. Either one could have gone down in the first round, per your prediction. Um, but it didn't happen. And then Justin started to pull away in the second round. And then the third round, honestly, uh, one, of the, one, of the, one of the craziest displays of toughness that I've ever seen out of a fighter is Michael Chandler getting hit with uppercut after uppercut, spitting blood onto the canvas, spitting, literally spitting it, and then putting his hands up like, is that all you've got? Uh, to the most dangerous man in the lightweight division is iconic, honestly. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe he was moving forward like that and just eating everything that Gaethje gave, at, gave to him. Uh, one of my, one of my uh, front runners for fight of the year, honestly. Yeah, I, I don't think it's going to end up being that close. Um, it was an amazing performance again by both guys. Uh, Chandler, heart of a champion, the way he was able to get up after that second round knockout or knockdown, rather, uh, it looked like he was out of there. Gaethje hits the uppercut, follows up on the ground, and somehow Chandler survives and uh, is able to last. But an incredible fight um, that I think really set the tone for the entire rest of the card. We saw an incredible fight between Burgos and Billy Q. Uh, honestly, I think the performance by Gaethje and Chandler caused everybody to kind of raise the stakes, if that makes sense. It did. And, and uh, had it not been for Gaethje and Chandler kicking off the card, Max, I think this Shane Burgos and Billy Q match uh, is right up there with fight of the night. I mean, this fight had uh, a ton of back and forth moments Billy Q looked unbelievable in the first round. The speed difference was off the charts. 
but it ultimately came down to that calf kick. Uh, Billy Q's leg, front uh, lead leg, was completely damaged. Mangled. Mangled. Uh, he had dropped foot at one point, especially in the third round. He couldn't get the foot off the canvas. Um, and it kind of it, it kind of changed the complexion of the entire fight. But honestly, outside of that, that to kick off a, a card with that kind of fight really took some of the, uh, the allure away from these two. But they put on an incredible performance. Yeah, they had a nice performance. Uh, Chito has a great performance. He's got the uh, the viral knockout of Frankie Edgar in the old man face. The old man face. It doesn't even look real, but Photoshop. Excuse me. Hello. Recording a podcast here. Thank you. Uh, But the 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 face doesn't look real. Um, The Anderson Silva front kick. The Leota Machida whatever you want to call it, uh, drops Edgar. And uh, Cheeto picks up a big win in the Bantamweight division. Um, and then we got, you know, Thug Rose. Thug Rose back in the octagon, back against Zhang Wei Li. And this was an incredibly close fight, John. It was an incredibly close fight. I know we were split on the podcast about who was going to win this fight. Um, and... You know, the odds makers in Vegas had Wei Li as the favorite going into this fight. Um, understandably, you could you could absolutely make the argument that she uh, should have been favored based on her resume. But in my mind, I can't believe the disrespect that Rose, Thug Rose got heading into this fight. Um, clearly, Vegas thought it was a fluke that she won this title. And yep. she proved she proved on Saturday, Max, that it was not a fluke and she is absolutely uh, getting better. She is a better version of uh, of the fighter that she was in her previous title reign and beating Wei Li Zhang, who is one of the best strawweights of all time, twice in a row, solidifies that for me. Yeah, it was a, a really great performance by her. I think we head into that fifth round, 2-2, and... Thug Rose does exactly what she needs to do. Gets the spear, gets top control, uh, and basically controls that entire fifth round to, um, you know, cement another great championship performance. And I think that's that championship medal we were looking for from Rose. And, um, you know, I think Carla Esparza is probably next for Rose. I would like to see Carla Esparza and Joanna Janjacek uh, end up on the same card. Maybe Joanna against Wei Li too. Carla against uh, Nami Yunus too. I think that on the same card would be would be really cool. Um, and then I think the, the person just on the outside that's looking in, and I think you could see, uh, find her way into one of these fights, either the fight with Joanna or the, uh, or the title fight even, is Marina Rodriguez coming off of a big win as well. But the strawweight, the strawweight division is absolutely stacked. Uh, and I mentioned it before, I could also see Wei Li maybe moving up to flyweight. The weight cut's a little tough. Uh, and I think that she would do well at 125, where Shevchenko doesn't really have a ton of challengers. I think that's a great assessment, uh, Max. You know, I know Wei Li is, is very confident in her ability to stay at strawweight. Uh, I think she'd be a very tough beat at flyweight as well. Um, we'll have to see. We'll have to see what happens. You know, it's tough in these scenarios, and we, we saw this recently with um, 
with Corey Sanhagen is coming it, it, when you lose two fights back to back, albeit razor thin margins sometimes, it's really tough to make a case or an argument for how you get back to the top. I mean, we were just talking about that with Corey, and now we're talking about that with Wei Li. You know, this performance from Wei Li was fantastic. Uh, first two rounds, um, she looked great, you know, especially that first round attacking the leg. Uh, had some great takedowns and great positioning on the ground, landed some ground and pound, um, but she came up short. You know, Rose closed it out really strong in that fifth round, dominated the whole fifth round. And yet you do have to wonder what's next for her. I love your assessment, though. Put her right back in, the, in, in contention, in, in con, you know, by, by putting her against an all-time great like Joanna or someone like that, man, what a, what a, what a story that would say. Yeah, I think that would be sick. Um, and then we have the main event, lots of heat behind this one. Uh, and what a performance, honestly, by both men. I have rewatched the Usman-Covington fight, and I, uh, on second look, originally I had a 2-2 headed into the fifth. Uh, after the rewatch, I had it 2-2, but I had it 38-37, slight lead from Kamaru Usman because I do think that second round is a 10-8 round. He, he drops Colby twice, and not just because of that, but honestly, the striking performance from Usman in the second round, uh, he just completely outclassed uh, Colby looking at that again. So I, it was a very close fight, closer than I predicted. Uh, I think we all predicted Usman would find a finish here, and I'm sure all of us were a little shocked and a little on edge in moments of that fight, especially in the third and the fourth round uh, with Colby Covington finding moments of success. Yeah, and um, yeah, I think what we saw in this fight is a very, very composed and a very deliberate fighter in Kamara Usman. We saw Colby Covington, who that first round, you know, you could certainly argue was could have gone either way. Um, I, I, too, Max, had round two in the 10-8 round. I think the damage and the two, two knockdowns, um, hard, hard to argue that it wasn't that. Uh, but Colby, I don't know what happened, but that woke him up, man. I mean, he was so tentative. Uh, he was flinching a lot from, from the feints from Kamaru. You could tell that he was absolutely scared of the power. Um, but that woke him up, and he started to gain a lot of confidence when Kamaru would go in disrespecting his power and when they were in close and he was making it a little chaotic for lack of a better term uh colby found his his the most success that he had in the fight was inside close uh getting kamaru off his rhythm making kamaru brawl with him and i do feel like even though in in the numbers you may not see it i think colby definitely touched kamaru in this fight um i i do feel i don't feel like kamaru was in a lot of trouble at any point but there right. certainly there certainly was a liver kick there uh, later in the fight that absolutely had Kamaru hurt. Uh, but man, he's just such a good champion. He really is. I mean, he he did such a great job of composing himself, not overextending himself, not making a mistake. Uh, and he he is he is the pound for pound best fighter on the planet right now. It's hard to argue any other way. Uh, what what a fight this was all the way to the end. Got to give a lot of respect to uh, to Colby. Looks like he broke his foot in the fight at some point. Um, that was kind of confirmed at the press conference. Yep. Uh, Max, I was also really impressed with Kamaru's kicking in this fight. 
It's not yeah, something way better seen. kicking. Yeah, it's not something we've seen from him, but obviously the work with Trevor Whitman, uh, I don't know if maybe because he was getting an opportunity to have a training camp at the same time with Rose and Gaethje, maybe that maybe some of their their stuff kind of fed into his game plan. But the kicks to the body, he landed 41, 41 kicks to the body. Um, and just super, super, super impressive with Kamaro and his kicking. Yeah, can't say enough good things about Kamaro. I think it's important to note he's only on his fourth fight under Trevor Whitman's tutelage, right? So it's still really early in that relationship, and he's still improving so much that I wouldn't be surprised if we see even more improvement from him in his next fight. A uh, lot of hubbub, a lot of commotion right now in the MMA world around Kamaru Usman as he's now 15-0 and 0 to start in the UFC. And you got to think, uh, you know, that 16-0 and 0 record uh, that Anderson the Spider Silva has is definitely something he's looking forward to. Uh, Dana White calls him uh, the greatest welterweight of all time. I think, obviously, it's his job as a promoter to say that. There's no more money to be made off of GSP, uh, who I think is the greatest welterweight of all time. But Kamaru is definitely uh, starting to make it an argument, man. He is just out here competing at a super high level against really great people, right? If Kamaru Usman was not alive and not in the UFC, I think Colby Covington would be reigning over this welterweight division. But Kamaru is a thing, so unfortunately it's not going to happen for Colby. Um, I think I think his next fight is uh, is likely Leon Edwards if Edwards gets the win over Masvidal. Um, I do think there's a there's a chance they throw it to the to the uh, to Boers. I think that would be incredible to see the Wolf in there. Um, I don't know exactly what's next for Kamaro, but great things, man. He's he's an absolute monster in there. Yeah, I mean, I am definitely partial towards George considering the the extent of his career and how he came back from some of those uh, fights and just looked completely better in every aspect of his game. Um, Beat some, some of the greatest fighters of all time in that welterweight division. And also GSP, I I don't think gets enough credit for fighting kind of the old guard and the new guard. Um, he, He clearly did that in beating Matt Hughes and some other fighters early on and then going on a, a, torrent run of the Carlos Condits and the Johnny Hendrixes and the uh, Tiago Alves and um, he just went on a tear so I'm still partial to GSP but Kamaru when it's all said and done uh, he could obviously make a very very good case for that and and then some Uh, I'd love selfishly to see Kamaru test himself at a different weight class Uh, I think George did that later in his career and we kind of cemented his legacy beating Michael Bisping for the middleweight championship um, I know they've said, you know, they don't want uh, no point in having two titles around one Nigerian's waist when you can have two Nigerians representing uh, UFC gold. But it'd be cool to kind of see a super fight like that. But I understand the reasons why they wouldn't want to fight each other. Yeah, I don't think we'll see Kamara and Izzy, but it might get really interesting if Robert Whitaker wins that belt from wow. Israel Adesanya next year. Um I would favor Kamaru Usman over Robert Whitaker. Yeah. At that fight at 185, I would favor Usman. Could you imagine Usman at 185? Jesus yeah. Christ. How did, how did Usman weigh 169? It doesn't make fight? sense. Does that make any sense? It's just confusing. It doesn't make sense 
But uh, fantastic card, lots of great fights. Uh, the picks, uh, the pick standings right now. AJ and I tied at eight and two. John, with a perfect week, you go up to seven and three. And you also, uh, you also hit on a little 10-0 parlay. We don't have to, uh, <laughs> we don't have to disclose your purse. Uh, but absolutely fantastic uh, gambling from you. I know that's not something you've uh, done often. Um, might we see some more parlays from you in the future? Yeah, it's definitely in the cards. Uh, a 10-fight parlay is a pipe dream to win again, so you, you won't be seeing a 10-fight parlay from me. But uh, just just a super quick shout-out to Alex Pereira for his UFC debut at Madison oh. Square Garden. Ian uh, Gary. Ian Gary and, and Alex Pereira stand out to me. as just two Chris, guys. Chris Curtis. Chris Curtis. Uh, what a dream. What a dream of a win. He was getting dominated by Philip Dominated Haas by Haas. Got caught. Um, but yeah, Pereira, obviously uh, a prestigious kickboxer, defeated Israel Adesanya twice in kickboxing. Uh, his debut in the UFC with a viral flying knee knockout in the second round. And then Ian Gary, again, a little bit of nerves early on. He is the phenom from Ireland, the new kid from Ireland, 23 years old. Uh, was getting pieced up a little bit in that first round, but it only took one straight to put down Jordan Williams and uh, he's uh, these two guys I'm super excited about. Yeah, I'm excited about them. And I also uh, instantly became a fan of Chris Barnett. Great got performance from him as well. Uh, a wheel dan- kick. The dancing and everything and then to hit that kick and then the front flip afterwards. And then just such a gentleman giving his stage yeah. up to John Vellante. What a moment uh, that was. Yeah, that was so sick. So. Uh, instantly a fan of Chris Barnett and a massive fan of 268, which could go down as one of the greatest cards ever. It was uh, amazing. And it's could incredible. easily win card of the year and a year that's had a lot of fantastic cards. Um, speaking of fantastic cards, the one on Saturday is not one of them, but we do have <laughs> an exciting, exciting main event. Uh, we're just going to be making one pick this week. Um, we've got Max Bless Holloway back in the octagon. First time since he uh, absolutely dismantled Calvin Cater in January. Uh, the number one featherweight in the world steps back in against uh, number four, Yair Rodriguez. Max Holloway, a massive favorite, John. Massive favorite. What is uh, What do the official draft kings odds say about this one? Yeah, so the line the line has moved a little bit. Um, at the beginning of the week, Max Holloway was, I think, like a plus four, uh, a minus four hundred favorite. Um, the current line for Holloway and Yair, I'm pulling it up right now. Um, but it, in my mind, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, there's been no one outside of Alexander Volkanovsky who has been uh, able to give Holloway any trouble whatsoever. Uh, and it is an interesting matchup on paper, there's no doubt, um, because Yair is just such an exotic and skilled fighter. Um, it's, it's, but I, I just don't see Yair being able to touch Max Holloway, and I think that's the biggest issue is can you touch him? Yeah. Um, Calvin Cater's one of the better boxers in the UFC, underrated in my opinion. And he couldn't do much of anything against Max Holloway. 
it was it was scary honestly yeah it was and i think the layoff is definitely part of the reason for the line moving so much here i mean you're out of the octagon for two years and you're stepping up against max holloway who has ascended to you know this different level than he was even the last time you fought and the last time you fought max holloway was the undisputed featherweight champion uh, and one of the best featherweights of all time. And he's at a way different level than he was two years ago. So, uh, yeah, I think that line's up over 600, isn't it? Minus, minus 600 right now. I could see it pushing 700, 750 by the time wow. we get the fight off. It's not profitable uh, to bet. It's, at not, that <laughs> it's not profitable at all. But let's, let's talk a little bit about that fight, Max. Um, I'm curious to get your thoughts. What do you have to see from Max Holloway in this fight um, to put him back in a position? Obviously, uh, with a win here, he's in line for a title shot. But what would you like to see as a fight fan or as a fight as a fight maker uh, out of Holloway against Yair here? Yeah, I think more of the same of what we've seen from him his past three fights, uh, two fights against Volkanovski and uh, obviously the, the masterpiece against Calvin Cater. I expect to see a lot of strikes, a lot of volume. Um, I don't know that he's going to break his record that he set against Calvin Cater, uh, against Yair. Yair is obviously uh, a very skilled striker in his own uh, in his own right. I like to see Max really set the tone with this one, definitely work his jab. Um, and you know what I would really love to see? I would love to see Max get a finish. Not yeah, known yeah. for finishing a ton of fights. I think that would really set up uh, a lot of interesting possibilities for Max is if he's able to get a finish in this one. Uh, but I expect ultimately that Max Holloway wins this fight. More than likely, uh, decision, maybe a 4-1, maybe a, a, a 50-45 um, kind of drubbing of uh, Yair Rodriguez. And not taking absolutely nothing against, uh, nothing away from Yair. Um, and I could possibly see him winning a round. But, uh, yeah, I think, I think we'll, we'll see a fun fight. Uh, that's just another classic Max Holloway great performance. Yeah, last finish was against Brian Ortega, UFC 231. Uh, late finish. He's, he's known to finish pretty late in his fights anyway, from, to your point, Max, all that volume that he throws. But I'm, I'm totally with you here. I would love to see Max Holloway, uh, after proclaiming himself – and who's going to argue with him as the best boxer in the UFC against Calvin Cater at the moment that was. But I'd love to see, excuse me, excuse me. Thank you. Um, I'd love to see uh, Max Holloway get the finish here and really put the pedal down and just give us a little bit of a, a different look heading into what could be a trilogy with Alexander Volkanovsky. If he could, if he could get a finish in impressive fashion, maybe catch Yair Man, that would that would set up maybe a different narrative heading into uh, a deserving title shot, would you say? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's uh, it's interesting to note how easily Max Holloway handled Brian Ortega, and um, you know how Volkanovski found himself in some trouble against the exact same fighter. Um, I would I would love to see Max Holloway get a lot of momentum here and go for a win, um, and. Earlier today on the MMA Hour, Max Holloway actually alluded to possibly looking at some other fights. Um, you know, he currently has a win over Charles Oliveira. 
Um, that would be extremely interesting. Um, I've always wanted the rematch versus Connor. I think that uh, kind of looms out there. So interesting to see what happens with Max. I'm just a massive fan. He's one of my favorite fighters, and uh, I can't believe we're just going to see him in a few days, man. Yeah, can't wait to have him back. All right, so we we're both picking Holloway. I've got him. Uh, I've got him winning a decision, John. How about you? Yeah, just the fight fan in me. Uh, it, just the analyst side of me says it's a decision, and it's a unanimous decision for Max Holloway. Um, but I'm going to say second round knockout. Oh, wow. T- T- I'll say TKO uh, for wow. Max Holloway. I just really want to see that from Max. I think Alexander Volkanovsky has gotten so good in the last two years and really seems like um, he's gotten exponentially better from those 10 rounds he had with Max Holloway back-to-back. Yep. Uh, the fight against Brian Ortega was absolutely incredible. Um, I think that level of Alexander Volkanovsky against... Uh, the same Max Holloway that he saw two years ago. Um, I think it's a real tough fight for Max Holloway. That being said, if he can show that he has some power in those those hands and those those legs, uh, I think it makes a really exciting uh, buildup and fight. 100%. Uh, and I think now's a good time to pivot. Let's go ahead and head back to the FFL. And let's head specifically to the massive double or nothing free show. Here we are. We're live. Double or nothing free show, baby. That's it. Let's go. This is it. Double or nothing buy-in. The pre-show is live, folks. Uh, John and I going to go over the card, going to make some picks. Um, not all of our picks, because obviously every fight team will be submitting their picks based on fights that they believe, uh, which, which way they believe these fights will go. And obviously the winner is going to walk out with a nice prize there. But um, with cash-ins on the line, uh, it's, it's an exciting time, man. Double or nothing is here, John. One of my favorite cards of the year is the gambling card. How are you feeling? I mean, coming off uh, my performance at 268 and the gambling aspect of the sport, I feel really fucking good, Max. Yeah, you absolutely should. You just hit a 10-fight parlay, a motherfucking 10-fight parlay. And uh, I believe you got a chance to get all these fights right as well. So here's here's how Double or Nothing is going to work. Um, some breaking news here in the FFL world. We've got a lot of fights on this card. Um, some of the fights are going to take place the way fights have been able to take place, um, which is you just get the fights in whenever you can by the due date. We do have some specific fights that will take place on a specific night at a specific time, as those fights will be live with commentary featuring everyone in the booth, everyone that can make it, of course. Uh, and I'm really excited to have this aspect of the lead back, John. What do you think about that? It's uh, it's one of the best parts of the lead. It adds the element to the fights that um, that's, that's what separates the FFL, you know. Um, and I'm just so excited that that aspect is back. It's going to add to the uh, 
it's going to add to every facet of the fight. So, yeah, let's let's go. Yeah, let's go. We're just going to jump right into it. We are going to start uh, with the fights on the main card that can take place at any time. Um, John, I'll ask you to do some, uh, you know, some color commentary on these fights. Let me know what you think about them. Uh, and we'll go a little more in depth with these fights because, of course, they may not happen live. Not saying that somebody won't be on to watch them or on to commentate them, uh, but they are not taking place specifically on that night. And we'll start with uh, Megan Anderson making her debut for the Savage Joes against Jessica I. Yeah, Jessica I, um, of course, not seeing a ton of action from both of these fighters. Megan Anderson has been begging the Croatian commission uh, for a fight for what seems like an eternity now and is going against Jessica I. Uh, Christian has had a, a great, great uh, inaugural season for himself in the FFL. And um, for me, this is, this is very simply a, uh, a stylistic matchup that I think Jessica I is, um, is going to win. You know, I think that there's, if there's a way to get inside the range of Megan Anderson uh, and control the pacing of the fight, that's Jessica I. Um, and it's going to be really interesting to see if the Savage Joes decide to grapple with Megan Anderson uh, or decide to drop bombs uh, standing up. So I think that's going to be the key to watch of course, uh, Christian has done such an incredible job of attacking the body uh, in every level with his striking and the head movement. So that's what I'm looking for with uh, Jessica I. In this one. I'm looking for that as well. John, we have to pause. Um, there's There's been a, a major drop in uh, the FFL. Darth Knights, um, one of the coaches from the Ultimate Fighter, Anderson Silva, oh my has God. dropped – Oh, my God, has dropped something, a sound cloud. I'm not sure what this is. Um, let's let's take a moment here. Let's pause. Let's listen to it. And, uh, and we'll get our thoughts live here on the pod. Fuck being on some chill shit. We go zero to 100 DC real quick. He be on a talk to pay the bill shit. And I don't feel that shit, not even a little bit. Oh, Lord, know yourself, know your worth, DC. My actions being louder than my words DC how you wanna fight but still coming down to earth man If you wanna do it we can do it on my terms Listen here boy, my divisions are the best Shout out to the Knights out here holding down a rest All up in my phone playing audio from last fight He gets real upset when he remembers how it ends dog. He gon' see some shit that he don't wanna see He ain't ready for it If I ain't the greatest then you lying on me Yeah, that mean I'm way up Yeah, the mat ain't friendly but that's where he lay up the shit a motherfucking layup. I been Steph Curry with the shot, been cooking with the sauce. Chef Curry with the pot, boy. 360 with the kick, boy. Hey, who the DC think he is, boy? Darth Knights, man, we really with the shits, boy. Yeah, really with the shits. I should probably sign a hit, boy, cause I got all the hits, boy. Yeah, fuck all that silver, gotta chill shit. I be on my prime silver drill shit. Yeah, fuck all that talk to pay the bill shit. Yeah, I'm on some DC pays my bill shit All up on TV, he thought it'd make him richer It wasn't paying him enough, he needed something quicker So now he all up in his basement putting working on his phones Either that or begging Max to be his babysitter Man, it's 2021, I gotta paint the picture Come back season in the works and now I'm thinking bigger I got Christian in the studio every night, late night Thankful for that shit, he wanna make me bigger Get me richer, oh lord 
Got a whole lot to show for it. I mean, we could really get it. We could go for it. I'm just here for the belts and the crowds, dog. Don't make me kill one of the goats for it. Huh. I run this shit, they like, go for us. Run for us, run for us, go for us. Yeah, I mean, you already fought for us. Damn, Silver, what's one more fight for us? Oh, Lord, who else scrapping like this? They ain't make me what I am. They just found me like this. I hit heavy. Hit heavy, win heavy. Since my coach joined the league and made a plan to come and rescue Andy. Now I show up. Valuable lessons, easy time to grow up. And stop talking real loud. I did it to you then and I'll do it to you now. I go 0 to 100, DC, real quick. Real quick. Darch nights on that real shit. 0 to 100, DC, real quick. Real quick. Real fucking quick. DC, 0 to 100, DC, real quick. Real quick, Darch Knights on that real shit. Zero to one hundred, DC, real quick. Real quick, real fucking quick, DC. I have no Christian, words. Christian, absolutely hats off to you. That was phenomenal. Um, wow, wow. There was there was a lot said. Uh, there was a lot said there about DC. Oh. Uh, what a what a comeback. What a comeback, DC. We we thought DC earlier in the week put the Darce Knights and Anderson Silva into a difficult situation, maybe put them in a grave early. This response is absolutely incredible. Uh, I don't know that you can have a better response. This is this is huge. Yeah, this feud this feud is quickly turning into uh, one of the best feuds in league history, honestly. Absolutely incredible. Um, we have these two not only going to go back at it, but Ultimate Fighter, which we'll get to later. Uh, the feud is absolutely up there. Um, there's very few that have had this media coverage back and forth, and it's quickly becoming uh, <laughs> it's quickly becoming a feud that I never thought we'd see. Um, but it, but it's happening in real time, and man, the heat is is very high right now. Yeah, the heat is high. And the other thing to, to note is that this could this could potentially boil over even more because unlike most feuds, like it's not like we're fighting next week. We have tough, which is gonna take time. the entire month. And this is just gonna continue to build until uh, the tough finale and my god man. What again, hats off. Christian has once again elevated the FFL. And uh, I think the only thing that's right is to find a way to play that in the podcast here. But uh, absolutely unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Um, Bruno Mars quickly becoming a big-time ad for the Darth Knights. I'm not sure how we're supposed to uh, get back to double or nothing, but that's what we're going to do, John. Yeah, we have to. We have to. We're uh, professionals here at the FFL. FFL Plus, you guys pay for this content and we want to give it to you so we'll refocus up here and we're back to the double or nothing uh appreciate yeah so we have anderson and i next up sadiq yusuf versus korean zombie uh yusuf making his debut as part of the savage joes as well and he's going to be taking on korean zombie who's had some tough fights so far um but an interesting matchup in the featherweight division john yeah, a very interesting matchup. And these two fights that we we're talking about right now uh, both include the Savage Joes, who uh, has been um, 
away from the league for a little while, managing some things and having some issues internally. And uh, I know that he probably is looking forward to getting his fighters back in there and making a big impact. Um, but ring rust is a real thing, especially uh, as a fight coach. I know, I know that I've been in situations where I've had to step away and come back. It is not easy to do. Korean zombie has been active. Uh, he's a tough son of a bitch. The fights that he has been in have been tough, tough fights. And I think Korean zombie breaks through here. Wow. Yeah, I do. I think he gets the win. That's uh, that's big time. I think this is a great matchup here. Um, Yusuf, you know, making his debut. I'm going to go with Zombie as well. I think the experience pays off. Uh, next up, we have massive fight here. Justin Gaethje also making his debut. Um, and he will be taking on one Anthony Showtime Pettis. Yeah, how could you not love Justin Gaethje? I mean... Seeing the performance he just had at UFC 268, steps in against Anthony Pettis in the FFL. Um, Justin Gaethje, man, big acquisition. He's making his debut, uh, and I think he's going to be really hungry to get a win here. Um, I see this fight as uh, not lasting long at all. I think we're going to see a bit of an unload of the gas tank in the first round. I think Justin Gaethje gets the job done here. Gaethje, I love the Gaethje pick. Um, Anthony Pettis also uh, not been very active. Um, man, this is a tough one. I'm gonna I'm gonna go Gaethje. I'm gonna go Gaethje. I'm gonna say uh, the team Apex gets a couple of wins here. Next up, big time matchup: Tatiana Suarez finally debuting for the Savage Joes. And man, she draws a tough one. Uh, Zhang Wei Li. Yeah, a, a hungry and motivated Zhang Wei Li has not had the best start to her season. Um, but again, just supremely talented in an incredible fight camp. Um, it's hard to argue with that combination. I think it's still uh, destined for a lot of success in the league. And Tatiana Suarez is in the wrong place at the wrong time right now. Uh, I think Wei Lee gets the, gets the knockout uh, early in the first round. Yeah, I'm going to go Wei Lee. Uh, first round knockout as well. Makes sense to me. I think this could kickstart um, a streak from Wei Lee. I think uh, she's kind of as low as she's been. Um, of course, coming off the loss to Jessica Andrade. Um, and I think this is where AJ feels he can turn it around with Wei Lee uh, if he can get the win over Suarez. Not to count Trevor out, though, Suarez is one of the best wrestlers in the strawweight division, and that is something Trevor does extremely well. If he can get, uh, if he can get Wei Lee down, um, I wouldn't be at all shocked if we see a Suarez submission win here. Um, but uh, I'm going to go with Wei Lee, though. Uh, next up on, uh, on this main card is Junior Dos Santos. Against Kane Velasquez. Wow. Oh, man. Uh, both fighters making their debuts. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah. Um, very, very interested to see Junior Dos Santos in the hands of Christian. Uh, Dos Santos is definitely a, a boxer, not known for his kicks. And he's going against Kane Velasquez, who 
let's face it, when we're talking about lineage here and history, Cain uh, Velasquez is definitely one of Bullet's, Bullet Club's best fighters, uh, was a heavyweight champion with uh, a, d- a defense of that championship. Um, it's a tough one to call. Uh, we haven't seen Junior in the league. We don't really know what we're going to see from a skill set standpoint. Definitely can take it to Cain. Um, I am going to go ahead and side with history, uh, knowing what I've seen with Franklin and Cain Velasquez, and I'm going to take uh, the former leader of the LWO, Cain Velasquez. Um, I'm going to go with Dos Santos here. Uh, I, I have seen Cain you know, make some fantastic runs in the FFL, and this is no slight to him. Uh, JDS is absolutely extreme power, though, and uh, he could be the most powerful fighter on um, on the Dark Knights, maybe outside of Yoel Romero. And I think we could absolutely see uh, a starching take place here. If I'm being honest, I think Kane um, obviously has fantastic cardio. He's got great health and recovery and everything. Uh, but I think back to some of his big wins and some of his big wars, and um, you know, I think JDS, if he gets a Cain Velasquez low on stamina, uh, it could be a it could be a big time knockout there. So I'm gonna go Dos Santos. Next up, uh, Alistair Overeem versus Curtis Blades. Wow. Um, where does uh, where does Curtis Blades currently reside? Blades is making his debut for Team Apex. Team Apex, Curtis Blades. I know Coach A is a big fan of Curtis Blades. I think there's a lot to like in the skill set, and it's a good it's a good fight camp for him to land with. So I'm excited to see uh, how Curtis Blades is utilized on Team Apex. Really good uh, fit. Really, really good fit. Great fit. Um, with that being said, uh, we have the debut, what I feel like is going to be the debut of Prime Alistair Overeem. Yeah, um, and that is a very, very scary thing. We talked about the prime icons on the last episode, uh, in particular, the prime Alistair Overeem is absolutely unfair in the striking department. And uh, in the hands of AJ, I think we are going to see uh, a big run from Alistair Overeem. You know, he's had some tough losses against John Jones and a few others, uh, but Alistair is no slouch on the prime version of him. Uh, is definitely ready to be unleashed. And uh, the first in my book comes against uh, Blades. Yeah, I'm going to go Overeem too, and it's because of this statistic. Alistair Overeem, the prime version of Alistair Overeem, is the only five-star heavyweight in the game. (laughs) That's unbelievable. If you think about it, it's unbelievable. Um Cyril Gons, a really good four and a half star. Francis Ngannou obviously has his limitations, but the stand up is unbelievable with 100 plus punch power. Stipe, really solid. There's no five stars. John Jones, four and a half star. They, they dinged him, even though he's never fought there. But my God, uh, this Alistair Overeem card is absolutely unbelievable. And uh, I'm with you. I think he's going to go for a run. And uh, I don't think that's good news for DC or any of the other heavyweights. Next up, it's uh, Rob Font coming back, and uh, he's coming off of a big-time win over Hinn and Burrell. 
catches him with a spinning back fist, uh, looking to get some momentum here, and he's going to be facing Aljamain Sterling. Sterling definitely has had uh, his troubles early on this season. Took a loss last night to um, to Sean O'Malley. Great fight, great fight, great performance by Sterling, honestly. But takes a loss to Sean O'Malley in the uh, Grand Prix there. And, um, yeah, so Font kind of trending up. Sterling continue to trend down. Who you got? Uh Great win from Rob Fonts. I think uh, I think on the surface, uh, it plays a little bit differently than if you watch the fight. And Burrell was uh, pretty clinical in that fight, and uh, Rob absolutely caught him. And that that certainly can happen again in this fight with Aljamain Sterling. Um, the thing that I would say is I, I like the fact that Aljamain just came off uh, a fight with Sean O'Malley. Uh, albeit a loss, I think that gives Al Jermaine all the, all the uh, determination he needs and the motivation he needs uh, to get this win. So I think I think Franklin will be prepared for the big uh, big power of Rob Font, and I think he gets the job done uh, with the win over uh, Rob Font here. Sterling with the victory. Uh, I think so as well. I'm going to preface it on if it's, um, if it's made to be a stand-up fight, uh, I would not be surprised if uh, Rob Font and Modesto Nuts claimed victory. Um, Sterling is really quick standing up. We saw last night he can do some solid work standing up. Uh, but that's not where his bread and butter is, and that's not where he's better than Rob Font at. So I think if I'm, uh, if I'm the Bullet Club, I'm definitely trying to get Sterling uh, to take down Font and get the fight there. I think he does do it, and I think Sterling gets the win. Uh, last two fights here that will be taking place um, on this happen anytime portion of the main card. Uh, we've got Jose Aldo versus Barbosa. Great matchup. Couple of Brazilians. Edson Barbosa taking on the legend Jose Aldo. And uh, rather than giving us a winner, because I know who you think is going to win, tell us what you think Jose needs to do here to get a victory. Yeah, this is a great matchup stylistically. I know Edson has been looking, chomping at the bit to get into the octagon. Um, here's the deal. Uh, Edson was the first pick overall for the Darce Knights, and he is yet to debut. So this is definitely a motivating fight for Christian and the Darce Knights. I know I'm going to get my absolute best uh, from Edson on that night, uh, and I have to have Jose ready for everything. I think the key to the fight, honestly, is um, just avoiding as much damage to the body as possible. The, the, the stinging leg kicks to the body, um, any kind of kick to the body is going to be a big problem. And so for Aldo, I think the I think they're getting close, uh, land some knees, land some some of that great Muay Thai, and uh, and try and get Edson out of there pretty quickly. Absolutely. Um, honestly, just a really, really good fight. I can't wait for it. Um, and, uh, you know, I think I think the edge has to go to Aldo right now. Aldo is, uh, especially in the featherweight division, an absolute monster. Um, Barbosa's got really good kicks. Uh, I think a head kick from Barbosa to Aldo. You know, Aldo has taken a loss by head kick from Kyoto Yan. Maybe that is the path to victory from Barboza with those lethal, lethal kicks. 
Uh, but I'm going to go Aldo. The boxing is just unreal, uh, especially in your hands, John. And then the final fight that can take place anywhere. This is purely uh, for scheduling purposes um, because championship night, as the second portion of this card is called, uh, is going to be super long if uh, the middleweight gauntlet is in it. So the middleweight gauntlet uh, is going to kick off here. Um, and it can all these fights can take place at any time before the due date. We have Anderson Silva, uh, Bisping, Israel Adesanya, and Cannoneer in the middleweight gauntlet. And uh, are you ready for the order, John? I'm ready, Max. Yeah, so the order of entry here is Anderson Silva, Michael Bisping, Jared Cannoneer, and Israel Adesanya coming in last getting the money spot of the gauntlet. Um, first, your reaction on the order. Uh, disappointed is the first word that comes to mind. Uh, we know what Izzy is. Uh, he doesn't need any extra help, um, especially being the reigning, defending, and undisputed light heavyweight champion. Uh, but he draws the, uh, the top position, the money position, as you said, um, Anderson Silva going in first. Unreal. Also, also Prime Silva. Prime Silva, that sticks out to me, absolutely. Uh, of course, you've got Prime Bisping in there. Um, yeah, I think no matter what the order was going to be, it was going to be exciting, but man, it's tough, tough to see Izzy in there last. That's, that's what I'll say. Yeah, tough to see Izzy in there last. Tough for Jared Cannonier to be in this thing at all. Um, five-star Silva, five-star Bisping, five-star Adesanya, and my backup middleweight. <laughs> what, what, what a story that would be. Yeah, it's uh, it's tough, honestly. This is uh, a really tough sledding for Cannoneer. I'm just expecting to uh, get starched by one of these folks. But great lineup there. Um, you know, hard to pick a winner. I think you've got a couple of crazy stories. If Silva is able to outlast this gauntlet, um, unbelievable. Uh, and we know, of course, Hamza Chimaev awaits the winner. Um, so we will we will see what happens with that. And now we move on. Uh, the second portion of this card, championship night. The night is yet to be determined. We will be uh, figuring out some people's schedules and what night works best so that we can get uh, at least everybody involved in these fights on. Um, and then in between there, if we need to uh, find some people to commentate, we can. But if we can get the entire league, obviously that would be exciting to, uh, to have everybody on like the good old days. Uh, but kicking off championship night, uh, the first fight we're going to see uh, is a couple of legendary welterweights. Prime GSP makes his debut against ruthless Robbie Lawler coming off a big-time win over Tony Ferguson at Halloween Havoc. Uh, again, not going to have you pick here, but tell us tell us what about Robbie Lawler makes him special. Yeah, it's what what a story this has been, right? Um, getting, getting Robbie Lawler back in the FFL um, and him coming out of retirement was special enough. But when he beat Tony Ferguson... Uh, it just feels it feels like destiny for him, you know. It feels like he he's called to do this. He's called to uh, return to elite status uh, and reclaim what is rightfully his. And uh, what else can you say? The way that he broke onto the scene last season, 
um, the one-day contract, uh, from one-day contract, not being able to feed his family to uh, undisputed champion and then retiring into the sunset undefeated and then coming back this year, beating Tony Ferguson uh, at Halloween Havoc. Um, absolutely incredible, man. And now he draws uh, prime GSP. It's definitely a fight that I'm excited for, but I'll tell you, the the allure and the uh, the 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 mythical creature that is Robbie Lawler is definitely giving us a lot of anxiety over here at the Wolfpack, um, simply because of the history behind him and what he's been able to accomplish. And of course, this isn't a Robbie Lawler that's with a different fight camp. This is the Robbie Lawler that is with the guy who gave him that chance last season uh, in Franklin and the Bullet Club. And uh, I think that adds to the motivation here. Absolutely. Um, Lawler, a ton of power. We know GSP just got even better. Uh, five stars in the welterweight division, as he always should have been. And I can't wait to see this one. Talk about fireworks. Uh, it's going to be very exciting. Um, next up, Dustin Poirier makes his debut for the Bullet Club. Um, and he's coming uh, against Islam Makashev, making his debut in the league. Uh, and he's got Hasbullah in his corner. Uh, big time fight here in the lightweight division, John. Uh, what are your thoughts? A lot of storylines heading into this fight. Uh, obviously, the departure of uh, Hasbullah from the previously known Hasbullah Club, now the Bullet Club back again. Uh, and the fact that he's um, going against his old team and is signed uh, with the new protege in Islam Makhachev. A lot of great storylines here. Um, this fight is, even without all of that, is an incredibly exciting fight. I mean, you have Dustin Poirier, who is uh, a huge acquisition for the Bullet Club and a huge trade. Um, I know Franklin is very motivated and excited to get in there with Dustin. He's been kind of looking to get Dustin on his team for a while, and finally it's happening. It's a reality. And he gets thrown right into uh, the fire with Islam. And Islam getting thrown into the fire, too. Right, uh, no gimmies here in the FFL. He's got a he's got a very very difficult matchup for his debut against Dustin Poirier. Man, it's it's going to be an absolutely incredible fight. Um, it's going to be tough to pick a winner here. I think Dustin. Uh, I, I love seeing the I, the the skill set of Franklin with Dustin Poirier, uh, but I think the the reps that the corporation has gotten in with Khabib uh, is going to pay dividends in this fight. I think it's a very similar skill set, different, uh, very similar fighter. Uh, I think the extra motivation for with Hasbullah gets the job done. I think Islam gets the job done here in the second round at some point. Um, but man, it's going to be an exciting fight. It is. Um, this next one, I'm not excited to talk about or for it to take place. Um, we have the Lioness returning uh, after that victory over Chris Cyborg, and she's taking on uh, the returning Holly Holm, also coming off of a victory over Chris Cyborg. Uh, they're weighing 145, so we got some big bitches. Uh, so my my uh, my featherweight against yours, man. Um, this matchup has got me on edge, John. 
I am absolutely on edge. This is the one I talked about our previous podcast being really excited about, but also extremely nervous about. Yeah. Holly has just had such an incredible uh, career and uh, such a redemption arc for her to come back from all the adversity that she faced. And uh, she looked so good against Cyborg last time out. I was so proud of her and the work that she did. Um, but Amanda Nunez has been untouchable this year, just on a completely different level. And uh, it's going to be really, really tough uh, to beat Amanda Nunez. She is absolutely uh, reigning, defending, undisputed, and uh, has, has been for a while now and has showed that in multiple fights. So it's going to take everything Holly has to have a chance against Amanda Nunez. Um, definitely not one that I'm super looking forward to, but it's got to happen. These are the two best featherweights in the world uh, and they have to fight and Holly is extremely motivated to uh, to get the job done yeah absolutely and I think shades of uh, what we just saw at 268 um, Nunez home very well might actually kick off this uh, this portion of the night just to give us some separation between this fight and the main event that we're going to talk about in a minute um, next up, Kamaru Usman versus Nate Diaz 2. Uh, their last matchup was fantastic. Went almost five rounds uh, at Money in the Bank. Um, John, talk to, me about, uh, talk to me about this fight. Yeah, it's a fight on paper. The first fight, um, you did not expect almost a five-round fight out of these two. But Nate, Nate Diaz has been so tough this year. Uh, just a great, he, again, former champion, uh, no slouch. Savage Joe's has done a great job of having him ready. And uh, Kamaru Usman, what can you say about this guy that hasn't already been said? Uh, consummate champion, uh, truly getting better and better. Uh, you know, Max has done a great job with, with his fight camps and training camps to get him ready and have him ready to fight in any element. And uh, I think this is the best Usman we see so far this season um, I think I think he is going to have the motivation to make sure everyone knows where the rankings are in the welterweight division and where everyone else is and I think this is a statement win for tomorrow I think he gets the job done he gets it, I think he gets it done uh, in the second round against Nate Diaz that would be his uh, that would be I believe his second or third successful defense let's look at the champions here Walter Waite, he has uh, – that would be his second successful defense. He won it, of course, from Nate, defended it against Leon Edwards at Night of Champion. Uh, that, that would be that would be a, a big win here uh, if he can get another defense. Next up, the, uh, the light heavyweight championship. It's a five-round stand-and-bang fight between two of the greatest kickboxers that are in the UFC, Israel Adesanya and Gokhan Saki. Does Saki pull the upset, John? Wow, this is this is uh, probably one of the toughest fights to call on the card for me, and and the reason for it is because we didn't see a lot of Gokhan Saki uh, in his first fight against Anthony Rumble Johnson. Obviously, a, a viral knockout, um, absolutely clinical, took three strikes to knock out Anthony Johnson, uh, but we really don't know the extent of uh, Gokhan Saki's combinations or his striking style or his movements because it was, it was over so quickly. Uh, I think what, we, what we've seen from Israel Adesanya this season has been 
uh, a really nice progression. Um, did not start off very well, obviously, um, and AJ's done a great job of honing in on, on Izzy's skill set and getting him the right training partners around him uh, at the Nation of Domination. And he had an absolute incredible fight with Daniel Cormier for the light heavyweight championship that really showed me a lot about how far Izzy has come with the Nation of Domination. Um, and so it's going to be really interesting to see him at his best weight class. Uh, actually, I'm sorry, at light heavyweight um, again here against Go Kansaki. Yeah. I think I think this is going to be I think this is going to be a really close fight, Max. I think it comes down to which fighter gets uh, gets the counter strike in one of the later rounds to finish the fight. Man, it's tough. It's really tough. Yeah, I think uh, an extremely safe bet is that one of these fighters is getting knocked out. Yeah, yeah. The fight is going to be a stand-up stand fight for sure. It's going to be pretty much a kickboxing fight. Um, well, it's, and I stand think, and it's stand and bang. So. Yeah, but it w even, even if it wasn't, it was going to be. Yeah, it was for uh, sure. I think this fight goes three rounds. I think it's going to be a three-round fight. Um, and I am going to err on the side, uh, even though we've seen Gokan Saki's meteoric rise here. Uh, I'm going to err on the side of the last style bender. I think he's going to go in knowing to be really cautious uh, and he's going to get the job done against Koken Saki and retain his title as the light heavyweight champion. Yeah, I think uh, the size and the reach discrepancy is massive for Adesanya in this one. Um, and to me, honestly, what it is, is uh, it is AJ patient. If AJ is patient with Adesanya, and finds his uh, his counter striking. Uh, I think it's going to be a quick night for Gokhan. If um, if we see Adesanya maybe try to get an early finish, or um, you know show a lot of intent trying to blitz Gokhan, I think we could see a massive counter strike that actually uh, allows him to pull off this major upset. But uh, I'm going to go with Adesanya here. I do think we see a patient AJ, a patient Adesanya, and uh, man, I can't wait for this one, John. Same, same. Fight of the night potential for sure. Yeah, me and you in the booth for that one. It's going to be incredible. Yeah. And last but not least, uh, Conor McGregor versus Khabib Magomedov too for the vacant lightweight championship. This is the big one, man. Um, I'll start things off just by talking about Conor, how good Conor is. Uh, he can quickly make up any ground in a fight. Um even if you think you have a lead, he's three, four strikes to your skull away from having you not blinking, but badly damaged to a point where it feels like it's almost impossible to come back. Uh, the striking is, is good from basically anywhere uh, with head, head kicks and body kicks and leg kicks, uh, the uppercuts, the hooks, the straight, the jab. The fucking Celtic cross. Connor is absolutely unbelievable standing up. He's unbelievable in your hands. And it, it, even though this is one of his worst divisions, if not the worst version of Connor of the game, he doesn't play like it. He basically is a five star fighter in John's hands, in your hands, man. And it's, uh, it's a beast to go up against. There's a reason he's only lost four or five times ever since you've, uh, since you've drafted him. And it's, uh, you know, he's the betting favorite, as he should be. He beat Khabib in the Dagestan death match. Um, you know, he he, he he sucks you into feeling like you've got to 
a, a modicum of success and then he leaves you completely starched on the ground. And, uh, you know, this is, this is a premier fight. This is one of the biggest fights that the league can make. There's so much pressure on Habib right now. I feel like there's a lot of pressure on both fighters, honestly. Uh, speaking for my own, there's so much pressure. If he goes down uh, and loses this fight and is, you know, faced with being, you know, without a win in the FFL, without a win in the lightweight division, without a win against Conor McGregor, it's going to take a lot of climbing up uh, for him. Um, we'll see. Uh, we got Prime Khabib stepping into this one. He's, uh, he's you know, basically the exact same fighter, plus one in punching power, plus one in one other thing, and that's it. And, uh, you know, we'll see if that little bit can make up a difference. My guess is going to be no, but uh, I'm excited for this one as much as I'm not excited for it, and I wish it wasn't happening. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, Max. I think it's a fight that had to happen. You know, it's it's after the Dagestan death match. We always knew that these two would be on a collision course back together. Uh, it was inevitable, and uh, and here we are, double or nothing, um, main eventing double or nothing, of course. And uh, it's going to be an absolute crazy fight. Uh, if any of you did not get a chance to watch the Dagestan death match, do yourself a favor. Go ahead and watch that fight, particularly that second fight, absolutely incredible. It definitely is uh, up there in the top 10, top top five probably for the FFL. And these two are going to go at it again. You know, Connor coming off a really disappointing loss against Max Holloway, looking to prove that he's still very much in the mix uh, and wants absolutely more than anything to get his title back and to prove once and for all that uh, he can put the, the ghost of Khabib away and just put, close out that story. And I know Khabib is extra motivated uh, to get this win with everything riding on it. So it's going to be an absolute barn burner. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see this fight go for a while. And I'm looking forward to it. Same, man. Same. Uh, that's double or nothing, everyone. Um, an incredible card. And uh, it's really going to kick off what's going to be an amazing November for the Fight Forever League, an amazing holiday season, and uh, an amazing second half of this second season, man. This has been absolutely tremendous, and uh, I'm excited to be a part of it. I'm excited you're all a part of it. I'm especially excited we've got a new member, Christian, as a part of it, bringing great content to the league as well. And... Uh, there's some big fights here. I'm excited to, to watch all of them, honestly. And that championship night is going to be fantastic. All right, John, we've got a, we've got a, a pivot here. I feel like I need to take a breath um, <laughs> after recapping so that incredible so card. It's just so much, you know. It's so much. So much. Um, man, I want to talk about tough. I've got some news to break about tough. Do you have anything before we uh, before we go to that topic? No, I mean when you when you tease me and say that you have news to break about tough, like how do you expect me to do anything? So please. Yeah, absolutely. Um, tough for November to remember uh, will be kicking off this weekend. This weekend it will be starting. Um, Christian and I will draft teams 
Um, the divisions, I said, hey, we're going to have to wait to see some results from double or nothing. Uh, but the Croatian commission actually worked to, uh, to finalize the divisions that we will be seeing on the Ultimate Fighter. And uh, absolutely unbelievable. Um, <laughs> what we're going to be seeing here is crazy. I'm excited to announce to you guys. Uh, John, are you ready? I'm so ready. Yeah, so for the second time in a row, the Ultimate Fighter will be crowning uh, champions of divisions, meaning titles will be on the line. Oh my God. For the first time ever, the current champion will be entering the house, putting their title on the line. Oh my God. Yeah, this is, uh, this is honestly unbelievable. Um, so obviously the coaches, you know, Israel Adesanya, Daniel Cormier, they, uh, they flirt with some different divisions. Um, they're going to be fighting at this event in the light heavyweight division. But we know that Adesanya is a middleweight. And we know that uh, Daniel Cormier is, in fact, a heavyweight as well, as he's actually bringing uh, his heavyweight title into the house. Awesome. But the, the divisions uh, that we're going to be seeing uh, are actually neither of those four. And it's because of the the awkwardness that we might see with uh, with. A, a fighting middleweight. I mean, who knows what's going to happen at the middleweight gauntlet? Yeah, with Silva. yeah. Sure. Um, and for him to be a coach and enter the house doesn't make a ton of sense. Um, and then for same thing for the heavyweight champ. Um, he's fighting at heavyweight in this tournament, so that's like two less light heavyweight contenders. Uh, so that means heavyweight, light heavyweight, middleweight, uh, all off the table. So. The championship uh, belts that will be on the line um, are absolutely fantastic. I cannot wait to see this. We are going to see Piotr Jan entering the tough house and defending his Bantamweight championship as Bantamweights will be entering the Ultimate Fighter. Wow. Oh, my goodness. John, what are your thoughts? That's unbelievable. I was thinking about the different weight classes and what – weight classes would have uh, would be spicy in that house and you picked a good one Matt yeah Piotr, Piotr Jan entering the house um, do we have confirmation of whether Jose Aldo or Corey Sandhagen went to the house yeah the uh, the fighter that will be uh, representing the NWO Wolfpack in the tough house uh, will be Corey Sandhagen Amazing. Uh, I was kind of hoping that. That's two undefeated Bantamweights. Unbelievable. Wouldn't it be crazy if they ended up on the same fucking team? I can't I even... Oh, my God. Uh, big personalities entering the house. Marlon Marais, 500 fighter, has some massive wins. Uh, of course, went 500 against Sean O'Malley. Beat him in the Kumite in a Mortal Kombat fight. Uh, we don't have um, definite knowledge here of whether it will be Aljamain Sterling or Henry Cejudo. If Henry Cejudo enters, that is another undefeated bantamweight. That would be crazy. Uh, Sugar Sean O'Malley in the tough house. Very exciting. Cody Garbrandt, um, probably going to see Rob Font from Modesto Nuts. And will we see Luis Smoka or will we see him in Burrell? 
from the Dark Knights. I'm not sure, but I'm very excited for that division being a part of Tough John. Yeah, such a great division. Um, super excited to see what comes of it. And it's, of course, we have a lot of fighters that are absolutely motivated to claim gold. And we have a very, very motivated champion in Piotr Jan who's looked unbeatable so far. Absolutely. Um, and the the next division that is going to be entering the tough house, also really exciting um, and is honestly also unbelievable when you look at some of the matchups that we're going to see. Um, very, very exciting stuff. The, uh, the craziness that is about to ensue when I inform you that the winner... The winner of the main event of Double or Nothing will be entering the house, John. Either Connor or Khabib Nurmagomedov will be entering the tough house. Wow. As the light the lightweight division will be will be entering. Um, and I have confirmation that if Khabib Nurmagomedov loses, he has informed me that he will not enter the house. So wow. yeah, lots yeah. at lots at stake. Um, if Khabib loses, either Max Holloway, Tony Ferguson, or Islam Mahashev will be entering the house for the corporation. We won't know. Obviously, if Khabib wins, he will. Um, you'd have to think win or lose, Conor McGregor's entering for you, John. Yeah, without question. Yeah. Uh, this also brings big time, big time personality, Charles Oliveira. This brings likely Dustin Poirier, potentially Volkanovski, but you have to imagine Poirier. This will also bring Michael Chandler, who has just the one loss to uh, to Conor McGregor. Uh, And then this will probably bring Gilbert Burns. And then you'd have to think, I mean, there's so many choices for the Darts Knights. It could be Barboza. It could be Dos Anjos. It could be Masvidal that enter the house at lightweight. These two, these two divisions, super exciting. Uh, I'm not extremely excited about the prospect. If Khabib wins, that he immediately turns around and brings it into the house. And that means both of my champions are defending in probably the worst way possible, but it just brings a lot of fun to the league. So we will see what happens. Bantamweight, lightweight, Bantamweight making it, the male Bantamweights making its tough debut. Lightweight coming back for the second time. Uh, but it's the first time that we're having the champions actually enter the house. Yeah, absolute fireworks. I mean, lightweight division is is going to be exciting. Um, yeah. A lot of personalities there. And the element of having Khabib potentially in the house uh, or Connor, with Connor again, could you imagine? Yeah. There's a lot of crazy, crazy things there. Yeah, and uh, more news to come. We have the fact that, um, you know, DC and Adas, uh, not Adesanya, sorry, Silva are the coaches. Um, and the, the beef that is heating up there, we saw a diss track dropped by Anderson Silva tonight. Uh, I can't wait to actually see that matchup. That matchup will be going down uh, as the main event of the tough finale. Um, couple of changes to the tough format. Obviously, it's not all happening on one night. Um, another change is that, John, I'm going to ask you to do the coin flip this week uh, with me and Christian present. 
And the uh, the winner of the coin flip will actually be able to either decide the first fight in both the bantamweight and lightweight division, or will get to make the first pick, just the first pick. Wow. Um, so tough decision there for the winning coach. I think that makes that decision a little tougher. Back when it was just first pick or first fight, maybe you're willing to give up the hammer to get the person you want on your team. But now you're you're either letting it ride on one person or you're choosing the first two fights. Uh, and, o- and only the second fight determining uh, where the hammer lies. So uh, very interesting uh, there. Uh, another change is that uh, every week on the podcast, we're going to be recapping some of the events that have taken place in the house. Um, And we're also going to be talking to the head coach of the undefeated fighters weekly on the podcast, not the undefeated, sorry, of the defeated fighters weekly on the podcast. So as a fighter gets eliminated from tough, we're actually going to be hearing from their head coach on the pod just to find out what's up with them, uh, what's going on. And uh, the coaches challenge will be back. Not going to give away what that will be, but it will be happening sometime this month. You can look forward to that. Um, and big prize, big prize for the winner of the coaches challenge. Uh, won't be, again, disclosing that quite yet. But um, exciting news for Tough. How the format will go is once we have the teams drafted and once we know what coach is booking uh, the first two fights, that coach will book the fights, and then those two fighters, those two fight camps, will have 48 hours to get that fight, those fights in. If uh, for some reason, you know, life happens, obviously, we all have a lot going on outside of the league, and we need a slight extension, we can do that. But for the most part, I'm looking for, you know, most of these fights done within 24 to 36 hours. If you need a full almost two days, that's cool. Uh, we will keep it moving as is. If for some reason a fighter is unable to make the deadline at all even without a little bit of an extension uh this is where we could see some fighters that have been eliminated from the competition return yeah I, i'm super excited to see how that plays out and of course the the extra layer of having uh, the podcast going simultaneously with tough uh just just adds a, an extra element of staying engaged uh, throughout the month so i'm super excited yeah once again uh here at the ffl we upgrade and update uh, each of our cards. Uh, Tough has changed so much since the first iteration. It's really amazing. It's, it's most people's favorites. And now the fact that it's going to be, you know, a multi-week event is super exciting. Uh, I've got one last Max Bomb for you, John, unless you have oh, anything else. No, no, I'm ready. I need to hear it. Yeah, so we uh, actually have got two more. So we recently heard the return uh, of John Jones is coming soon as he's reinstated to the league. Um, we have now actually formally agreed, the Croatian Commission, myself, that John Jones' next fight will be against the winner of the light heavyweight championship at double or nothing. And it will be taking place at pay per view 10 Bloodsport. You, you heard that right. Pay-per-view 10 is Bloodsport. Bloodsport returns. And uh, we're actually going to be seeing John Jones take on the winner of the light heavyweight championship at Bloodsport. John, I need your reaction. Unbelievable. Uh, special chance for John Jones to get right back 
to uh, reclaiming what was rightfully his um, at one of my favorite events of the entire uh, FFL blood sport. So I'm excited. I'm excited to put on a show. And uh, John is excited to put on a show. And just can't wait. Just can't wait to get back in there. And wow, just the thought of what that fight could be. I'm really excited. Yeah, it's, it's super exciting. Uh, I mean, Jones against Gokun Saki, who would be one of the hottest fighters in the league uh, after his viral knockout victory, and then following that up by uh, defeating Israel Adesanya to become light heavyweight champion, just two fights into the league. That would be crazy. And then obviously Adesanya versus John Jones. I mean, it writes itself. Uh, the last piece of news I have, the last max bomb before we leave this pod, is that uh, a fight? Not a fight that was already announced, um, which was Dustin Poirier against Michael Chandler, has uh, has been canceled due to both men entering the house. We're unable to uh, we're unable to come to an agreement there. I mean, we don't have confirmation that Poirier is entering. I would assume he would, but we do know that Michael Chandler will be entering the tough house. So that fight has been postponed. So we needed a new main event. The Fight Night Return to Soul, Fight Night Squid Game. More information to come on this card and what this is going to look like. But the main event of Fight Night Return to Soul Squid Game is Cyril Gaon. Cyril Gaon making his return after defeating Stipe Miocic. And Cyril Gaon, everybody, will be fighting Francis Ngannou at Fight Night Squid Game. That is... Your final Max Bomb main event of Squid Game announced. John, it's been a fantastic pod, brother. Uh, I couldn't have said it better myself, my friend. Thank you for another great one. Hope you guys had a great time today. Uh, and excited to get Double or Nothing kicked off. Absolutely. We're going to wrap things up with you hearing from our sponsors. Shout out, Clock Stopper. See you guys. John. You know when there's a big fight coming up? I'm talking massive fight feel. And you're so excited to see two juggernauts get in the octagon and have an out-out war. Shades of DC Jones, Khabib, Connor, Cyril Gaon versus John Jones and the Kumite. All-out wars. You're getting me excited, Max. The league's excited. Everybody's hyped for it. We see the fight begin, and we get an early round stoppage. No one likes that. No one likes an early round stoppage. No one likes a first round finish. (sighs) But what if there was a way to guarantee that every fight was a multi-round affair? An all-out banger. I love the sound of that, and we have just the product to make that a reality. Introducing Clockstopper. From Hims, the Climax Delay Wipes. These desensitizing single-use wipes help you control your climax and won't transfer to your partner. Feel all the good stuff for longer. And now, there's a special buy one, get one on Hims with a promo code FFL+. Get the clock stopper, buy one, get one. No prescription required. Easy to use. No mess wipes. Plays well with condoms, toys, and lube. Clock stopper. Climax delay wipes. Make every fight a multi-round affair. 
those fights in the bedroom, that is. Wipe on, last long, clock stopper from Hims.